Two years ago, if you would have told me it was a hard thing to keep a podcast going, I would have probably laughed at you. How difficult could it be to get on a microphone every month and to talk about some golf shenanigans, right? Well, here we sit, and it's been over six months since the last episode of the Pittsburgh Golf Hack podcast. But fear not, folks. The hack is back. Cue the music, maestro. What up, folks? This is your boy, the Pittsburgh Golf Hack, and you're listening to The Official Podcast. I'm Garen, and it is good to be back. So I believe we're still on Season 2. This will be Episode 6. We're going to keep on rolling with this thing. Episode 6, The Hack is back. Let's talk golf. So a lot of things golf-related has happened in the last six months, folks. We don't have enough time to cover all of that today on this episode, so we're going to save that for another episode. But today, I I do kind of want to talk about the hiatus. Um, Full disclosure, really and truthfully considered not continuing to do this, folks. Um, You know, as silly as it sounds, it really is tough to get on here and and record content and put things out there admittedly i haven't put out a youtube video in a long time um you know it's just been really tough to kind of keep things going with work and life and a lot of other things and you know i I really and truthfully had to do a lot of deliberating as to whether or not i was going to continue this podcast but after i sat and thought about it for a long time my mind kind of went back to where the Pittsburgh Golf Hack alias started a little over three years ago. And and we're going to tell you folks a little story. It's going to be story time. So cue some story time music. So a little over three years ago, I was going out to Pheasant Ridge in Gibsonia. If you haven't haven't played Pheasant Ridge, go check out the YouTube channel. Got a nice review on it. But I was going out to play Pheasant Ridge for the first time. And... As usual, as a single, I know I'm going to get paired up. I get paired up with these two knuckleheads. And young in their early 20s, I could tell, really were not seasoned golfers, didn't play much golf. I could tell right away on the putting green this was going to be a long day. And my suspicions were right. The first few holes were agonizing. And, you know, we continued to play, and it was about by hole four. I had already made up my mind that when we made the turn, I was either A, going to just keep on playing while they went in the clubhouse for the turn, or I was going to go to the car because I'd had enough. But I continued to to play through with these guys, and, you know, they were terrible. I'm not going to lie, folks. They were topping shots. They were... It was left in the woods, right in the woods, you know, in the drink. It was just, it was an agonizing round of golf. Spent more time finding their ball than I did mine. But I kept on noticing little idiosyncrasies with their game. And and I kind of got to thinking to myself, you know, maybe if I could give them some advice, maybe I might be able to help them out a little bit. And so we got to about the eighth hole, and I said, listen, guys, I said, do you would you mind if I gave you some, some, some swing tips? 
They're like, oh, that would, man, that would be absolutely great, man. We know we're awful. We know we're terrible. And I said, okay, well, you know, let's let's look at some things. So the first guy, you know, I've been watching him, and he had this terrible, like, baseball grip swing. Um, you know, I could tell he's probably a former baseball player, which I asked, and it turns out that he was. And, you know, he had this baseball grip on the on the golf club, and he had this really unorthodox swing. And so, you know, I just told him, I said, okay, you know, you used to play baseball? He said, yes. And I said, well, this is kind of like the baseball swing, but not really. And I said, first things first, we got to get rid of that grip. So I put him in a neutral grip and, you know, showed him how to place the ball in his swing, showed him just a, a couple basic swing mechanic flaws that he had. And so I said, you know, take a few practice swings with that and see what you think. He said, oh, man, that feels really awkward. I don't really... I don't know. I don't know. It feels really awkward. I said, well, take a few more practice swings and give it a try. So he did, and he gets up, and I told him, I said, hit hit this one at about 50% of what you normally do. And so he did, and he ends up putting up this really nice 200-yard drive with driver. Now, again, you know, it's not a long drive, but it was straight down the middle of the fairway, 200 yards. And you know, I told him, I said, hey, you could play around a golf with that. And so then the next guy gets up. He's like, well, what do I need to do? And I said, well, you plain and simple are just playing the ball way too way too forward in your stance. I said, I don't know who told you to do that, but, like, this guy's playing the ball 12 inches out in front of his front foot in, his, in all swings. And so we simply you know, got him moved the ball back in his stance and showed him where it should be for each club. Next thing you know, the guy starts making really good contact. So for the next two holes, these guys play really respectable holes of golf, and they're just on cloud nine. And we go to the clubhouse, and, you know, I was contemplating leaving, but I was like, no, nah, I'm going to hang around. And they were like, hey, what do you want? We got you. We got you here at the turn. Like, you just helped fix our swings. We're going to get you whatever you want. So they ended up getting me a hot dog and a soda at the turn. And we go out, and, folks, we played – I had a really enjoyable round of golf with these guys. They went out and they put up a really respectable score on the back nine. Both of them ended up breaking 100 for the first time in their life that day. They were on cloud nine. We had the best time that afternoon. And, you know, folks, I just can't tell you, I can't even begin to tell you how rewarding of a day of golf that was for me. And it really got me thinking that as an amateur golfer, we have a responsibility to the game. We have a responsibility to, to teach the next wave of golfers, number one, etiquette. Because let's face it, folks, these, these golfers that came in during the pandemic, they weren't taught etiquette like we were when we first started out if you're a seasoned golfer. They, they didn't get the rules of golf. They didn't get the etiquette. They were in the middle of a pandemic, and they needed something to do, so they grabbed a pair of golf clubs, came out, and, and started hitting some balls on the golf course. That's how they started golfing. So we have a responsibility to these folks to, to help bring them up in the game. And if I can give two beginner, inexperienced golfers enough information within just a matter of minutes to change their golf swings how much of a resource that an average golfer can be and that's really getting to what the pittsburgh golf hack alias is all about 
it's all about being that resource for the average golfer. And so in a nutshell, that's kind of where my head went when I thought about continuing this podcast is, you know, how can I continue to be that resource for the average golfer? And obviously, I am the Pittsburgh Golf Hack, so how do I continue to bring more of that Pittsburgh golf scene to the table? And, you know, we're still going to have Sir Rich on here. He and I are going to still have our shenanigans to carry out with you all in the Braggarts Cup, so still going to mix some of that in. Uh, But as I continue to be a resource for, for all you average golfers, I have a big announcement in the next step and next evolution of this Pittsburgh Golf Hack alias. The Pittsburgh Golf Hack now has an official website. Now don't get too crazy, don't get too carried away. I know you're all excited, but it is not, I don't have my own domain name just yet. This is a free website that I've kicked off, but hopefully with a lot of your all's input and feedback, I think it'll be something that, that you really hopefully enjoy and hopefully can use as a resource. So the easiest way to tell you to get there right now is to go to the Instagram of the Pittsburgh Golf Hack. You'll find the link in the bio to the website. It'll take you straight there. You can also find it by going to the Pittsburgh Golf Hack Facebook page. I'll be posting a link directly in there as well. But when you go to the the website, you're going to find a lot of really cool things. First and foremost, you're going to learn a little bit about the Pittsburgh Golf Hack. Uh, You're also going to be able to go directly to the YouTube channel from there. You'll be able to go directly to the uh, be able to go directly to the podcast from there on Podbean, and you will also be able to access the the all new latest and greatest Pittsburgh Golf Hack blog. There is officially a blog out there now, and I'm going to continue to bring new content around that. That's kind of going to be the the premise of a lot of the upcoming podcasts is what goes into that blog. Um, but go check it out. Get on there and check it out. Read the blog. Let me know what you think about it. But another really cool feature that's in there that I personally am very proud of at the moment is, you know, you go to Dick's Sporting Goods and you see these racks that have the Golfer's Lifestyle magazine in them. And it's a very nice publication. I've, I've picked it up for years and looked at it. But the only problem I've always had with that is if I was to base the Pittsburgh golf scene solely on what is in that magazine, I would probably think that there's only like 24 golf courses in the Pittsburgh region. I have compiled what I think is the most comprehensive listing of public access golf courses in the Pittsburgh region, and I've never seen as many golf courses as I have in the listing I've put together. So this is going to kind of blow your mind, folks, but listen to this. Within an hour radius of Pittsburgh, would you believe that there are actually over 80 public access golf courses? Now, I'm not talking about, like, Diamond Run. I'm not talking about uh, South, South Point Country Club. I'm not talking about Valley Brook. I didn't include any of those golf courses in this public access listing. I am only talking about golf courses that allow the public access to play their courses. Over 80 golf courses within an hour radius of Pittsburgh. That's pretty astonishing, folks, if you really sit and think about it. That's that's almost Myrtle Beach volume of golf. So after finding this out and looking at some of these golf courses I'd never even heard of, 
I'll be honest with you, folks. I, I'm starting to think that Pittsburgh might actually be a much overlooked golf mecca. Um, so get on there and check it out. Uh, the course listing, it, it has a listing of all the courses that, that are within that, that radius. You'll be able to, if the course actually had a website, you'll be able to click on the link of the name of the golf course and go straight to their website. Um, and then you'll also see if I have played that golf course before, I've given it a rating and provided some comments. And in the future, as you all know, I do do some YouTube channel um, golf course reviews. And so as, as this thing evolves a little bit, I'm going to try to include a link to those YouTube videos that go along with those golf courses so you can get on there and see what they actually look like in real life. But um, get on there, check out the website, let me know what you think about it. We'll continue to grow this thing, and, and as I get more feedback from you all and find out what we might be needing, um, you know, we'll continue to make this thing better, and eventually, if it grows, we'll get a, get a uh, Pittsburgh Golf Hack domain name, and we'll make this thing permanent and get it out there and really start growing this. Who knows, maybe even in the future, may have a forum on there for, you know, to, to start building a little little Pittsburgh Golf Hack community around here, but... Nevertheless, get on there and check it out, folks. Let me know what you think. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Uh, I think we can continue to build on it. Matter of fact, I'm already working on another listing for indoor practice facilities as well as driving ranges in the Pittsburgh region. I think, you know, as we continue to grow, you've got Top Golf uh, up here in Cranberry. Matter of fact, I was just at the, the all-new Turn Club indoor golf simulator last night. Um, I've talked about no off-season golf, so there's just a plethora of resources that are starting to pop up in the area, and I think it's going to be really cool to follow along and, uh, and point you all to some of those. I think, I think you're going to find it a, to be a really good resource, but with that being said, let's move on to talking about how the season ended up for the Pittsburgh Golf Hack. So if you all recall, the last time that I was on the mic with you all, we were celebrating the V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. That's right, I had just come off my win at Cranberry Highlands. I had won the sea flight of that event and I was on cloud nine. I'm not gonna lie, I felt like I had just won you know, the PGA Championship or the Masters or something. It was such a weight lifted off my shoulder to actually come out on top in one of these competitions. And not only come out on top, but actually shoot a respectable round. You know, I've struggled with competitive golf. It's, it's been my bugaboo. It's one of those things that I just, you know, I never shoot high numbers in the hundreds and, and high 90s half the time anymore. It's like every time that I'd go out and play tournament golf, it just, it would get the best of me. And I knew that I had to put, put it out of my mind. I knew I had to put the win out of my mind. As Ted Lasso said, you got to be a goldfish shortest memory span of any creature in the animal kingdom and you got to put it behind you and i thought that i'd done a pretty good job of that however the following week after winning at the cranberry highlands i turned around and went to avalon Buell park and completely stunk it up i shot a 99 at avalon Buell park up in hermitage and i let a few things get into my head first and foremost you're gonna laugh at this one 
I was so excited and so pumped that I had put a good score up and possibly won at the Cranberry Highlands that I left my rangefinder at the scorer's table that day. And it wasn't until I was on my approach shot on number one at Avalon Buell Park when I went to go get my rangefinder out of my golf bag that I found out that I don't have my rangefinder today. <laughs> so right from the get-go, I was all frazzled. I, you know, I had not, we didn't even have a GPS on the car that I could get my yardages with. Um, I was just in shambles that day. And so I admittedly let a little bit of uh, human error creep in and you know just because i wasn't on my game and didn't have all the tools that i needed I, I i just fell apart and so i left hermitage that day thinking to myself was it just a fluke was was the cranberry round just a fluke did i just happen to be striking the ball really good that day and so you know i went to the range that week uh, reached out and talked to a couple people and sent some videos and they were like man there's nothing's changed like just keep striking the ball the way you're, you've been you're, you're doing fine you just had a bad round put it behind you and and move on and so that's what i did the following week i signed up for a tournament at bird's foot golf club again with the pittsburgh golfers tour and i'll have to tell you there there's a gentleman that that i i get paired up with from time to time he and i are pretty close pretty close to the same age and pretty close to the same handicap, same golfing abilities and everything. And it, it's pretty interesting because when I got there, uh, he immediately started giving me crap and I didn't realize it, but I had actually, I had actually only beat him by a stroke at the Cranberry Highlands tournament. So it just so happened that he and I got paired up that day. And again, me and him have a, have a good time every time we play. Um, but it was, it was one of those days where I, I rushed to the course. I didn't have a lot of time to warm up, but I felt good about my odds because I've always played good at bird's foot. It just, for whatever reason, that course, we all have those courses that just fit our eye really well. Cranberry is another one of them that fits my eye really well, but bird's foot also fits my eye really well too. And so I get up on the tee and I've got a ton of confidence and we, we flip the tee, lo and behold, I'm the first one that has to tee off. So I get up there and take a couple practice swings, felt really good about myself, and I get up there and I top the ball and top this thing about 50 yards dead left. It was almost like a, if you can imagine, a pull hook toe shank. <laughs> Uh, dead left into the almost out-of-bounds woods. It was marked OB. I was literally a foot from going OB. And I'm the rough at this place, folks, I will tell you, is, is very penal. So I'm sitting in the rough about 50 yards off the tee, and I just laughed. And I turned around, and I went, and I patted him on the shoulder, and I said, Well, that's what you're up against today, buddy. Hope you can take advantage. So he gets up next after me, and I swear to goodness, folks, you're not going to believe this. He gets up and does the exact same thing. He gets up there and puts his ball, I'm not kidding, within about three foot of my ball. 
So both of us struggled pretty hard on that hole. He ended up doubling. I ended up tripling. Uh, I you know, did not get out of the rough very well, and then my, my second shot was well short and way right of the green. Flew over the green and had a hard time getting up and down for that triple bogey, to be honest with you. So I get on the second hole, and I thought to myself, you know what? You've played this course before, Garen. You just need to, you need to use course management to your advantage here today. You don't need to hit driver right now because you're not warmed up enough to hit driver. So the next hole is, it's a par five, it's a dog leg right, and you got to carry, I'm going to guess, probably about 230 yards to the dog leg. So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to play about a 210, 210 yard shot with my hybrid right down the middle of the fairway because to the right, which is where my miss was, if I miss right, there's a potential you're going in a pond. So I decided to, to take the conservative route, I played a three hybrid right down the middle of the fairway, 210 just as a plant. And then I get up there and I proceed to hit another hybrid about 200 yards down the fairway. So now I'm setting with an approach shot on my third shot of only about, I don't know, a pitching wedge or a nine iron out. And I get up there and I put one on the green. I two putt, I get out of there for a par. I go to the next par four. I did end up uh, I did end up bogeying that hole, and then we went to the next par three. I bogeyed that one, but then we come to the par five par five number fifth hole, and at that point in time, I thought to myself, you know what? It opens up a little bit more here. I've got more room to miss. Let's hit driver. So I'd gotten a little bit of confidence back, got a little bit of an, in a groove, even though I was bogeying holes. I was still you know feeling pretty good. So I get driver out, I put a drive right down the middle of the fairway, about 250 yards. I, I stick my approach and with a hybrid, which was kind of an amazing shot, to be honest with you. But I stick my approach with a hybrid, rolls up within probably three or four feet of the hole. I get out of there with a birdie, and we're off and running. So... I'll save you the details of the rest of the, the front nine. I ended up with a 42 on the front nine. The back nine is really where I kind of impressed myself. I did not have a single double bogey on the back nine, which is really where we want to be, right? We were trying to end that war on double bogeys, and I did that. So I ended the back nine with a 41, a total gross of 83, and I went and waited at the scores table in anticipation because I knew I had put up a pretty good number. And at the time that I turned my score in, I was, I was the low gross. And so I think there were five other groups that had to finish in front of me. I waited for the rest of them to come in. And lo and behold, the Pittsburgh Golf Hack pulled out another V-I-C-T-O-R-Y at Bird's Foot Golf Club, my second victory in the Pittsburgh Golfers Tour. So what a way to end the season, folks. I, I admittedly did not play any more competitive golf after that, other than I did have a work scramble, um, of which me and my, my threesome came in uh, second place. Um, but beyond that, that was really the end of my competitive golf for the season. And I really didn't play much golf for the rest of the year. Next thing you knew, it was the holidays, and then winter came in with a vengeance in Pittsburgh, and the next thing you knew, it was officially the off season. I won't say that I hung up the clubs though. 
I have been in the lab grinding everyone. I've been grinding, I have been working, I want to get to the next level this coming year. I've had a few lessons with my coach Mike Van Sickle and I don't want to jinx it yet folks but a little, little knock on wood here. I am seeing some very exciting and promising results from some of the changes that I've made and we won't get into that today on what I've been working on but I think that there's a lot to unbundle there that you might actually be able to take away and maybe use for yourself that uh, might be a game changer for you. So more to come on that on a future episode, but really excited about where I'm at at this point in the offseason so far. And speaking of the offseason, I actually just got back from my customary trip down to Florida to uh, play golf a little bit in January and uh, I will have to say I'm remiss and, and very saddened that the golf gods did not draw a good card weather-wise for me. It was actually 40 degrees on two different days with 20 mile an hour winds and uh, then also on the third day we were there it was like 52 degrees uh, and nice and breezy as well. So uh, not exactly uh, good golfing weather, however, I was able to get one round of golf on the last day at my favorite course uh, down in Tampa, Florida, which is Cove K. Uh, if you have never made a trip down to Tampa, Clearwater, Florida, I would highly recommend it. It is one of my favorite places to visit, and I must say, if you read the Pittsburgh Golf Hack uh, official blog for the first time you'll see I put a little article in there about Tampa and in my opinion Tampa is a very highly overlooked golf destination for a lot of golfers and especially golfers in the Berg area and I say this because we have a lot of really inexpensive flights that make Tampa accessible for for Pittsburgh and if you've never taken a look at it, I highly recommend it. But, you know, in the wintertime, it is a great place to get away. The weather is typically a little better than, than what I uh, experienced this trip. Um, but it's typically, the weather's, you know, usually in the high 60s, low 70s. Um, the golf courses are still in, in good condition, especially some of those on the higher end uh, that may have overseeded. And just... All in all, I highly recommend it. Uh, go check out the Pittsburgh Golf Hack blog. Uh, I gave some tips and tricks in that blog if you've never been down there, uh, especially in the wintertime. There are some things that change with the dynamic pricing. Obviously, a lot of the snowbirds like to make their way down there in the wintertime, so certain prices on certain things will go up. Um, but, you know, the golf down there is really great. You've got some really high-end courses. Um, on the PGA side of things, you have the Innisbrook Copperhead course, which is where they hold the Valspar Championship every year. Uh, that course is coveted by a lot of PGA players as being one of their favorite tracks to come and visit. Um, you've also got the likes of TPC Tampa Bay, which they just recently completely overhauled this past year. And just from looks of driving by, looks like it is in immaculate condition. Uh, I've heard a lot of really good reviews and, and things of that nature on uh, social media with regards to that course as well. 
Now, there's also a lot of other courses like Saddlebrook, Fox Hollow, um, but there's some mid-range courses in there too that I really like. If you're staying in the Clearwater area, I really like Clearwater Country Club. It's a fun track. It's always in good shape. Uh, but Cove K is one of my favorites and, and is where I played just recently. Um, didn't hit them that well, uh, but again, I hadn't swung a club since October, uh, outdoors that is. Um, so, you know, didn't play quite as well as I would have liked to, but the, the views on that golf course are just so beautiful. It's situated right on the bay. Um, you get some beautiful water views, just a really, really good track. So if you've never been down to Tampa and in that area, I highly recommend you taking a look. Again, in the blog, I put some tips and tricks in there for how you can make it a little bit more affordable. Um, and, you know, there's some other really good destinations in the area. If you've never heard of Streamsong Resort, um, Streamsong is listed in Golf Digest Top 100 Courses You Can Play on an Annual Basis. Um, that place is really starting to get a lot of attention. Uh, the red and the black courses there, it's, it's really kind of a un, unheard of gym uh, that's kind of in the middle of Florida. And it is Lynx style golf. So of all things you wouldn't really expect to see in Florida, it's kind of Lynx style golf. Um, but a really, really great golf resort that's up and coming down there. If you, again, if you've never checked it out, um, I think you ought to check it out. I think you owe it to yourself. And if you're a Pittsburgher, uh, get used and acclimated to that area because you can go an hour south down in Bradenton, and that's where our beloved Buckos have their spring training camp. Been down there uh, many times and have been to a lot of the other minor league facilities down there. It's a great time. Uh, you can go down in March catch some baseball, catch some golf, good times had by all. So we're going to keep things short and wrap it up here today. Again, it is amazing to be back on the mic with Jens. I am excited and extremely looking forward to sharing some of the things that I've been working on that might translate to your golf game. And I'm, in case you've been living under a rock, folks, the, the Pittsburgh golf scene is exploding. We're getting a lot of really new, cool golf facilities that are coming into the region, and I look forward to bringing you some of that content and sharing with you, you know, what some of those facilities are. Um, just a really exciting time to be in Pittsburgh and being in the golf scene. So, you know, as we wrap up here, just wanted to kind of, you know, a rundown of where we're at. Again, we're still on season two, and we're going to continue to be on season two as we go through this off season. And then once that we hit April and the 2023 golf season is underway, then we'll turn the tide and we'll be officially in season three of the Pittsburgh Golf Hack Podcast. With all that being said, folks, yins get out and hit them straight and keep on hacking. Thanks for tuning in today, folks. If you like the Pittsburgh Golf Hack Podcast, make sure that you follow and subscribe. That way you'll be in the know anytime any episodes are released. You can also follow the Pittsburgh Golf Hack on Facebook and under the YouTube channel under the Pittsburgh Golf Hack name. You can also follow on Instagram and Twitter at PGH Golf Hack. Credits for the show and any other shenanigans you want to know about this podcast are in the show notes. And make sure that you tune in for the next episode. I got more stuff coming your way soon.